Welcome to My Soul Dog Podcast with me, your host, Stephanie Nillis. I'm a certified professional dog trainer, and I don't like to cook, but I do love my dogs. So sit right there while we discuss all things dog training, hydrotherapy, tips, tricks, and everything in between. Thank you for joining me on my very first podcast. This is crazy. It was just a idea that uh, was inspired by my best friend, Sarah, and we were talking about it and I thought, oh, what the heck, let's just do it. So here we are, the very first podcast. And I thought with it being the first, it would be proper to introduce myself and tell you a little bit of a backstory of how I even got into dog training. Um, so again, my name is Stephanie and I'm a certified professional dog trainer and I live in Washington state. I, I was born and raised here, but I did leave for a while and then ended up coming back. So when I graduated high school from a very small town, I was debating between going into education, being a teacher, or going into accounting. I did love accounting in that everything made sense. There were rows, um, there were columns. I loved using a mechanical pencil with the retractable, a separate retractable eraser. Oh my goodness, that was just amazing. (laughs) I am a total office supply geek, so that was really intriguing to me, but I did end up going the teacher route. Um, I'm also, I have this creative side about me, and so that seemed like um, a really good choice and summers off, right? So I went to school and got my degree in education, and I started teaching out on an Air Force base. And that is where I met my um, ex-husband. And so we got married and then we, I started my master's degree program. And by the time I got finished, we literally dropped my last project off at the post office on our way to the airport. So we flew and landed in Germany, and that was my first experience ever being out of the country besides Canada. And wow, that was definitely a culture shock for me. I also really was just getting started in my career and wanted to continue to teach, and I was hoping to get a job on the Air Force Base. But I quickly learned that that just was not going to happen, seeing as how I came from the States and I was married to a military member. Those people have a harder time getting a job than those people who are hired by the Department of Education straight from the States. They fly over to do that job, that teaching position. So I was just hanging out there wondering what on earth am I going to do? I definitely am not domesticated. I did not want to have children at that time. I was I felt I was young and I wanted to work and I did not want to stay home and just clean and make meals for my husband. And although that is really great for some women and that's fantastic, it just wasn't for me. 
So I decided I was going to go and try to find some kind of job and I thought here I went to college I spent all this money and now the jobs I'm looking at are working at the bowling alley looking at this very small cafe serving burgers and I'm like oh my goodness why did I even spend all this money on education when this is where I'm going to end up and uh, I ended up becoming a kindergarten aide so I was the person who, here I had been teaching and I taught kindergarten and second grade and now I'm working as an aide. So what I could do on my own, now I'm running copies, I am taking kids from one class to another class, uh, there was no thought involved in what I was doing and I was bored out of my mind. I was quite miserable. And so I decided to do something more with my time and I hired a personal trainer. I thought, I'll go to the gym. I, I get off school and like, what am I going to do? I've been doing nothing that uses my brain all day long. And so I thought, what am I going to do? So I went and got uh, a personal trainer and that is my now best friend, Sarah. So I hired her. We got together and, and she trained me for a while and then came up with the idea of why don't I just get certified and I can be a personal trainer and that's something that I could do from base to base to base. So I did. I went and became a personal trainer and we together started this boot camp on the Air Force Base and people would come to our boot camp and we'd run these classes. And that is not a far stretch from teaching cl classes, you know, whether it be children, I was teaching fitness classes. So I was definitely keeping that same thread throughout my profession. And we did really well and we had lots of fun. We could be really creative. There were so much laughing, laughter and music and it was just so much fun. And then like the military life goes, she moved away and then eventually I moved away and we ended up in Kansas. So... My friend was elsewhere in the United States. I was in Kansas and it was like, oh my goodness, I'm in Kansas. <laughs> I, I don't recommend it um, at all. Uh, although the people were really, really lovely there. Um, wow, it was quite a shock living there. I thought, oh my gosh, it's so flat so flat here and I was really worried like I wouldn't go into the lakes and anything because I thought oh that's not an actual lake like you just dug a hole and put water in it like that's not a real lake <laughs> so I you know and it's a funky color like I'm not going in that so anyway I was pretty bored when I was in Kansas at that time because I had come from the fitness background I was uh, running marathons and so I always said when I get back to the United States I'm getting myself a running companion I'm going to get myself a dog who can run the distance that I need for training. And I also thought when I'd go back to the States, I would just return back to teaching. That seemed very reasonable. So I was looking into getting a dog that could run the miles with me, and I was looking into getting a teaching job there at one of the local schools. Well, I ended up finding a Weimaraner at the shelter, and I thought, oh, that's perfect. I did all my research of what a, the dog that would be best for running could go the miles, not get overheated. And so I was like, oh my gosh, there's one of them. She's at the shelter, so we got it. We raced down there and got her, brought her home. And I got a position teaching at one of the local schools. It was a very, very low income school. And I was hired after the school year started. 
I would need to do some extra education because the certificates, your, your degree does not transfer. You can't just teach anywhere. So I said, okay, that's fine. If you hire me, I'll go and do the recommended curriculum to get a teaching certificate in Kansas while we're here. And so I was hired after the school year started. It was the day I was supposed to come and start. And I walked in and they said, this is where your classroom's going to be. And when I looked inside, there was nothing in there, nothing. I mean, literally there weren't desks. There was not a roster. I didn't even know what kids were coming. I didn't have books. I didn't have paper. I didn't have pens. It was an empty classroom. So I raced to the office and I'm like, um, I don't have anything. The kids are coming in 20 minutes. I have nothing. Are you kidding me? I have nothing. And so I, they said, oh, well, you can borrow these desks from other teachers. And so I'm like, what? So I raced down and I was like, hey, my name is Stephanie. I just got hired here. I need a desk. And they said that you had extras and can I get some desks because the kids are coming in 20 minutes. And they're like, yeah, you can have those three desks in the corner. So I grabbed the desk. I'm running down the hall with these desks. So needless to say, we were in Kansas in the summer. I'm racing up and down with these desks in the hallway. I was sweating profusely. (laughs) I was sweating so much. I'm like, this is just crazy. So I started teaching there. I got all the desks in and it was absolutely a mess. It was an absolute disaster. And what, and I thought this is just nuts because I really prided myself on my ability to teach classes. I was really good at it. Um, I, it just came naturally to me. And so I had great classroom management. I mean, this was my jam. I was good, but I was not good when I was underprepared. And so I did that for a couple of days. That's right. You heard me a couple of days and nothing got better. I still was so, it was an absolute mess. And so I was like, I, I'm not putting up with this because if this is how it's starting, I just do not see this getting any better. I'm getting no support from the staff. So I thought I'm out of here. I quit that. I've never quit anything in my life. I had never in my life. I was a hanger-oner. Boy, you know, I grew up, if you start something, you're going to finish it. And that day, I took a turn and I quit. I walked out. I said, I'm not doing this. And then I ended up back at home. Well, what does one do at home? Because again, I'm not domestic. And I thought, oh, rats. Now I've gotten myself back in the home and I've got this wine runner. So I'm running my miles with her and she's crazy. I was like, oh my gosh, I realized how you got yourself in the shelter in the first place because you're nuts. And so I thought, okay, I started doing some Google searches and I, I, there was a rescue in town and I thought, well, I'll volunteer my time there uh, because I can't just sit in this house all day long. I need to do something. So I volunteered my time there. Well, this place was, it was a rescue, but it was very, very close to a hoarding situation. The, it was, there were some gray lines for sure. 
and I, there was so, we're talking a couple hundred dogs there, and I was going there to be a dog walker, and so I linked up with someone who had been volunteering there, and she was showing me the ropes, and I would get one dog out at a time, and I would walk for an hour, and I really thought, you know, I'm the only one getting this dog out, and like, this dog is, there's only two volunteers, the gal who was there, and me. So with a couple hundred dogs, I thought, I don't know when the next time I'm going to be back to you. So I gave them an hour walk and then I was there for three hours, which meant that I only got three dogs out at a time. That felt terrible because I had hundreds of dogs wait, wanting to get out. And what was sad is that some of them had never been out. The day they got to that shelter was the day that they stayed there and some of them died there. They never walked out of the kennel. Never. It was so bad. And so I decided I would do, how could I maximize my time there? Meanwhile, I am over at my home, still running my miles with my Weimaraner. And I thought, oh my gosh, she's so crazy. She's pulling on the leash and I don't know how to fix this. And it is quite not fun. <laughs> it was not fun with her. So I called up a trainer and he came to the house. And he was there for an hour and he was teaching me all the things to do with her. And I was so blown away and I kicked myself because I thought, oh my goodness, he's doing nothing different than what I did with the five-year-olds that I was teaching in kindergarten. So much of what he is doing is exactly what I did in the classroom. Why did I not think of this? I had no idea that they were nearly the same. Nearly the same. So he left and I was like, oh my gosh, he's making money at this. I paid him. This is all he does. He makes money at this? You're telling me that I can work with dogs and make an income? Oh, I'm so doing this. <laughs> I am so doing this. This sounds fantastic. So I then decided I'm going to be a dog trainer. I know nothing about doing it, but darn it, I'm, I'm going to go do this. So I was then volunteering at the shelter and I'm trying to figure out these things of how I can maximize my time there with how many dogs are there and how La how, how much it's lacking in volunteers. And I was over here going, I'm going to make a career change. I'm going to be a dog trainer. And so I then enrolled in some obedience classes in town. And I then was learning. I was taking my dog there and I we were practicing and I was learning some things in those classes. And then I also had involved in some, I got involved in some programs that were from Best Friends Animal Rescue. They're in Colorado and they have a program called Dogs Playing for Life. It was in the very beginning stages of when they started it. And I downloaded their program and I thought, I'm going to teach these dogs at the shelter how to do play groups. Because I had learned that if you do a play group, a 20-minute play group equates a two-hour walk. But you're getting out multiple dogs at a time. So that could maximize my time there. So I ended up doing play groups at the shelter. I figured out who could play together, who could not play with anyone, who were the seniors that just wanted to meander around, who were the chasers, who were the wrestlers, who was who. And I was then able to get 
eight dogs out in an hour. So that would, if I was there for three hours, I'm getting 24 dogs out. And then I could tell other people how to do it and try to get volunteers. And so I was really trying to build up this program there. And also I was trying to learn how to do some dog training and do not only play groups, but also some obedience stuff. So then I would go not only practice with my dog, what I'd learn in my obedience classes, I would read books and I would read articles and I would go then and practice on these shelter dogs because I thought, well, you guys have nothing else to do. And um, they were so forgiving if I messed up. I would try and I'm like, well, that's not working. They're not learning anything. I'd go back and reevaluate. I'd, I'd study some more. I'd come back. I would practice. They'd get it. And I'm like, oh my goodness. So if I could show the public what these dogs know and what they can do, I might be able to get them a home. That might be the thing that is attractive enough to get them a home and they can get out of this hellhole that they live in. So I really honed my skills that way. These rescue dogs just absolutely helped me learn. Uh, They were pinnacle in, uh, they were stepping stone. They were just my foundation for where I am today. I am so grateful for those dogs. Uh, They just really hold a special place in my heart. And so then as I was building this up and I was running the playgroups and I was getting better and better at it, I then went to um, my classes with my dog, my obedience classes, and I was, they didn't have Saturday classes. And I, so I asked the person who ran the business, I said, would you ever be interested? I've been here for quite some time and I used to teach classes and I think I got a good grasp on this. Would you be willing to let me teach Saturday classes since you, she went and did other things um, with her dog search and rescue and those kinds of things. And so I said, well, I'll stay and teach obedience classes. You know, you get some money, I get some money, and I get the practice. And so, and she was very agreeable to that. So I started teaching the Saturday classes. And so once I was doing that for a while, then uh, it was time, in the military, it's time to move again. And we were actually retiring. And so moved to Washington State. And that is where I decided, well, now I'm a dog trainer and I'm going to open up Uh, my own. I had been working under someone else's name and now I'm going to open up my own. And so when I moved back home, then that is what I did. And I've been doing it ever since. It has been the absolute best thing that I've ever done. I never, ever, ever thought that this is what I would do, but look at me now. And from here, it's just this playground where I've just been expanding. Um, I've gotten to be hydrotherapy certified, so swimming dogs. I built out my own pool. We'll talk about that in episodes. And now to this day, you know, it's me and the dogs and my wonderful human Warren. I since got rid of the husband and added Warren to the mix and we are just living happy in our teeny, 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 tiny home that I tend to fill with dogs. (laughs) Yeah, it's me. I'm the one. I fill them with dogs. So I'm heavily involved in rescue and I have my own dogs and I've become really well versed in degenerative myelopathy And that is a disease that we'll talk about in these podcasts. And so there's so much more. There are so many topics, so much I want to share that I hope these things will become helpful to you, entertaining to you. Always feel free to ask questions. Uh, So anyway, I just am really excited about this podcast and having it be just this platform where we can just be honest, truthful, 
fun, um, enjoyable. There's enough crap going on in this world. And this is just going to be a safe place where we can just enjoy one another's company and enjoy our dogs and learn things to do with our dogs. So sit right there. I will be back for the next episode. And I just really look forward to our time together. Have a wonderful day.